Hi, everybody. Welcome to another session of Breakthrough Academy. Good morning. And I'm Peter Lewis here from Breakthrough Church in the eastern part of Melbourne, and I'm with Josh Doby. Yeah, great to be back. Great to be here this morning. This is a highlight of my week, and I look forward to coming here every every Friday morning. And so it's very exciting. Don't, don't take it for granted. Um, you're always welcome to be here with us. We love... We have a few more people here today. I think some people on their way. Yeah, I and think so, we're going to have the largest number of people yeah. here today. We're going to have quite and a few we, people. And we absolutely love having, um, we appreciate everyone joining us online, but we so love having people in here. It just makes a, makes a big difference, doesn't it? When uh, you can be talking to someone. <laughs> and we've got Kyra says, they're on their way. They say that their aim is one day to be here before we start. <laughs> so listen, let that be encouragement. You can come and join us. Even if we're already underway, you can come and join the seats. Absolutely. There's also a parent's room. Um, so if you do a school drop-off and then you want to come with a younger child or something like that, mm. um, we, we, we've got the time. So that's, that works mm. with you. Yeah, no, very easy going. So it's all good. Okay, well, let's get underway because we've been studying something which is, you know, just a wonderful thing to, to dive into, which is all about the covenant that God has made with us. Mm. Um, and as we under, we've come to understand, the covenant is not just, oh, um, there's only one covenant or two covenants. Covenants are very broad. Um, they were co covenants between men, covenant between nations, covenants between um, people like David and Jonathan yeah. made a covenant. Um, and God made covenants, which is just amazing. And he made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with Abraham and then Isaac and mm. Jacob. He made a covenant with David. Mm. Um, so lots of covenants. And then we have the new covenant, which is through the mediator of Jesus Christ himself, who um, is the covenant we call the new covenant, mm. or as our Bibles just end up calling it New Testament, mm. which is just confuses things a little bit more, taking on the, the Latin understanding um, and using the word testament. Um, and I, I do, Josh, do you reckon there's a lot of people that read the Bible for many, many years and don't realize that the word testament and covenant, a covenant are the same thing? Yeah, I, before before I heard you talk about this, preach about this, I, I didn't know. And I... <laughs> Josh, Jordan's is like, is covenant and testament, so... And, yeah. and what you were saying about, like, my last will and testament, I never even put those two together. Yeah, <laughs> so the New Testament, oh, it's the same word as the, the word testament in English. And I'm not as smart as I look. So. No, well, can I just say, it just, it just goes down on the list of one of those, it's just one of those Bible words. And, yeah. and, and even though we don't have, the, we don't sort of talk about testament in the Bible, we've got a new, you know, I say, turn in the New Testament, turn in the Old Testament, just one of those... Those strange Bible-y sort of things. Yeah, that's right. Even the fact that, um, you know, I love the fact, you know, you know, if you go to some areas, it's like, let's turn to the epistle of James. And it's like, epistle, it does, you know, it sounds, <laughs> whoa. And it's like, but if, if I say, let's turn to the letter of James, oh, okay, I can get that. Yeah. But um, just using sort of different language, even though it means the same thing, mm. can make you think, oh, epistle. The only time I ever hear the word epistle is in the Bible, you know, yeah, when yeah. people talk about the Bible. And so it, it just means that it's like the Bible becomes from another world and the language we use is not the language of the real world. And um, that's one of the things about um, how the Bible is that it um, it was the real world to those people. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't fancy speech. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't in a language that they couldn't understand. The things that were shared were very familiar to them using mm. words they were very familiar with and also to the point where um, if sometimes they shared something which wasn't familiar to them, in mm. fact, they're talking about some culture which might have changed over time, they actually explained it yeah. and they gave little details. And I was just reading the other day 
I think in the book of Leviticus it says, you know, um, and if the if the husband does this, then then the the wife you know the wife can get a sandal and hold the sandal up to him, and and it's like what is all this? But it does a little explanation even in there because yeah. it wasn't. It's like explaining this is what the customs were, and even in Bible times customs change, mm. but to show what they meant and what they did. Um, and I, just one side note, I don't want to get too far on the side note, but um, I was actually reading from um, Luke, no, it's from Matthew um, this week, and um, Matthew was quoting what I. Um, the Old Testament, you know, when we say, well, he was quoting the Old Testament, the same as we've got the Old Testament. Mm. Um, but when you, you, you know, if anyone who's did the Bible study with us from, um, you know, the, the first part of Academy, when we actually studied the Bible, you understand how the languages came to be. And, mm. and so Matthew's writing in Greek, obviously the Old Covenant, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. Mm. So there would be some sort of yeah. translation anyway, but there was already a, an, um, a Greek translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint. And so many of the quotations were from the Septuagint. So they would uh, take, okay. you know, they, they weren't quoting directly from the mm. Hebrew, but they would quote from the Septuagint. And so sometimes if you look in what it says, you know, in the Bible, you know, in the Bible it says, and it says some things, and then you actually go back to the Old Testament and say, well, that's a little bit different. That's because they weren't doing a direct translation. It was a translation from... Another mm, translation uh, was taken okay. from the Septuagint. Okay. And I just presume that's what would have happened in Matthew. But it says that when Matthew quoted this passage from Isaiah in, in Matthew 12, um, it's not the Septuagint and it's not the original. It's a little bit, they don't know whether oh. there was another um, translation wow. he was using or he was just using his own paraphrase. Okay. His own sort of, un, you know, it's like whenever I quote a scripture, um, you often can go look for it. You will, often will not find a translation that matches my quotation yeah because my quotations are often a bit of a you've, mixture you've read all the quotations you've read all the passages and all the, the different uh, bibles out there and now you just you get, you're still getting the heart right you're still saying the core of what it is the crux yeah but it's your own it's uh, my own blend own, it's, own it, blend it's, it's based on other translations and sometimes a bit of the my understanding the greek mm. or my own little bit of paraphrasing there as well mm. and um so when i quote and that's very much me i I, I actually worked really hard to try and memorize scripture. You know, there was a, a great Bible teacher that, and he taught people how to memorize scripture. And I went through all the, the, the things he did. You have a little card, you write the scripture down, you put a little picture next to it, you bring, carry it with you every day, mm. and then you just go through. And um, so, you know, I just took like a Psalm, Psalm 112 or something yep. like that. Okay, I'm going to nail this. And you know what? I would go over and over and over again and, I just couldn't remember it. I'd do it okay, mm. but you know, but a week later, I couldn't even hardly remember it. And I'm like, "What was that scripture?" Yeah, and then I, this Bible guy, said, "Oh, you do this," and he says he's quoting, he can quote two thirds of the New Testament. And I'm like, "Oh God, I can't even keep a psalm in my head for a week." I'm, you know, what sort of Bible teacher am I going to be? Yeah. And so I was really, it actually sort of really affected me in mm. the sense, "Oh, I don't think I can do this properly." And I would try really hard, and then until I got the revelation years later. It's like God says, that's not how you're wired. Mm. And it's like, oh, I'm trying to trying to do something. I'm trying to use American plug for an Australian <laughs> um, appliance. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm not wired like that. It's not going to work. Yeah. You see, God says, what I actually do not memorize words, funnily mm. enough. I memorize concepts. Mm. Um, that's and that's what I, I am not happy just seeing a scripture. If it's just words, it actually really bothers me until I can understand what the heart is, what they were trying to say, yeah. what they were trying to communicate. Oh, and then I hear, so I memorize concepts 
And so when I quote a scripture, I'll often quote it different every time because mm. I'm just sort of just bringing an adaption to what I can see. So mm. that frustrates some people in the sense, oh, what scripture? That doesn't say that exactly like that. What translation? I think it's New Living. I think it's New American. I think it's Message. I'm not sure. There's a little bit of, bit of everything in there, plus a little bit of, you know, just the Lewis translation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but that's how, uh, once I worked out, that's how I, um, I'm wired. I just went with it as mm. opposed to trying to fight it. That's good. So that, that would be your, remember when we were doing translating in the Bible, yeah. in the, in the um, last topic, your Bible would be concepts. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's a, I, I, now, concepts have got to be turned into words mm. because that's the only way we can communicate. Yeah. You know, you, you, if I sit here and go, everybody get the vibe. Yeah. Oh, everybody, so everybody just feel that. Yeah, know? just feel just, that. Can you see what I see? No. Um, let understand flow. <laughs> you, you can't see something unless I put it into words. And the words, I've got to make sure that you can then get that. So that's why Jesus used things like parables or we use illustrations because it helps us to conceptualize and, and understand those words and put them into the, the right context and thing. So words that we're studying today can be a little bit overwhelming. But what I want you to do is try and catch the concept and the heart of this and then use the appropriate words as necessary. Yep. Um, and covenant is one of those words that we've been we've taken time to, and what I've done on on you know particularly is to try and demystify it, take it away from being such a a word that just sits out there without having anything behind it. Mm. Now when I say covenant, everyone should start to yeah. be thinking, ah, oh, I expect this, I expect yeah. this, I expect this. This is works and not just a word that's in the Bible anymore. <laughs> no, it, it's a concept that we understand and see how it applies to us, and then we understand that this is you know how God. Would work it, um, and so last week we started talking about um, um, can we mix the new, the two the two? Can we make you know? Can we take the old covenant and the new covenant? Is God going to bring out a, a, a new and improved covenant? Can we sort of mix the two? And we talked through to the fact that you cannot mix these two, um, and we we're basing it on the understanding that covenant was given. Yeah, but God's purposes were always beyond mm, that. Yeah. Um, and I, I want us to go to the book of Galatians and look at this because it's actually a vital truth to us. It's something that actually will infiltrate our lives and work if we're not very careful, that we will um, take some of the things that are in the old covenant, which were wonderful, like they're amazing blessings. And we see people that worked under the old covenant doing amazing things. Like David defeated Goliath mm. under the old covenant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he, um, he, he supernaturally beat a yeah. giant that was well beyond his mm. capability through the old covenant. Elijah did amazing miracles and Elisha did miracles mm. through the old covenant. The, the, um, Moses and the Ten Commandments, um, you know, oh, so powerful and so amazing. And we can say, well, that was God working. It, was, it must have been good. Yeah. It must have been powerful because look what they were able to accomplish. I think of David. When you look at David um, and... You know, let's look at this because if I was not at um, Bible Academy, I wouldn't stop to do this. Mm. But because we are, I can. No, that's good. And um, so so look at First Samuel chapter 17. I think that's, that's a really like, that's an awesome part of it. It's like, oh, this, this thought or this line of thought comes up. Hey. This is relevant, and we can follow it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we, we don't have to we don't have to sort of oh it's important, but I just don't have time for yeah. it. No, because what I'm doing is wanting you to to see through the eyes, get this concept, mm. um, and I want it to get big in your heart. I want you to walk out of here ready to 
face your Goliaths, mm. ready to, to look them in the eye, um, because we face giants, we face um, enemies. Um, when God gave the covenant to Abraham and said the and the covenant, the particular part of the covenant that Abraham struggled with is when God said, "I'm going to give you the land." And he said, how can I know this? And we, we talk about the covenant was yeah. given to give confidence. Now, in that, when he said, how can I know this? Um, God actually told um, him, you know, you're going to have the land. And I'm just calling. And um, can I go back one more? <laughs> we can go back one more. Okay, Genesis 15, verse 7, because this will give you context for um, David, and then that will give you context for you using the covenant. Mm. All right, so this is why we're, we're just going back a little bit. Genesis 15, verse 7. Um, it says, and he sa so he said, um, then, then Abraham, verse 6, believed in the Lord, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of the Ur of, of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. And then Abraham said, well, how can I know that I shall possess it? Um, I just want us to look at this word possess because that's, that's part of what our purpose and plan is. Mm. Our, our plan is that God's got for us. Our mission is to possess our lands. Yeah. We're told in, in 1 Corinthians that just just like the Israelites went out of Egypt into the promised land, mm. that's a picture of what we are as the New Testament church. Yeah. We look at them, we see going through the waters. We went through baptism. Mm. We, look, we look at them entering in and taking hold of all that God's got. That's yeah. a picture of us. Yeah. All right, That's a picture of us. So this that's is good. us. This is us here. And it says, you shall possess it. Now, if I just want to, I just want to look at the, um, the word for possess there because... Um, it, it's a little bit deeper than just, um, um, and it says here in the King James actually says inherit it, but let's just have a look. Okay, it's a verb meaning to take possession. We haven't learned anything yet. To, All right. um, to possess means to take possession. Oh, well, you say, Pastor, I didn't need to do Bible school. To take, would it be like to take ownership? Well, let's let's keep reading. To inherit. To possession means possession. No, listen, it means possession, to inherit, to dispossess, to okay. drive out. Mm. Okay, so it means to possess something that is possessed already by someone else. Yeah. So, okay, so if you're possessing a house that's built and it's empty, mm. that's one thing. But if I'm possessing a house that's already got a tenant in it and I have to ensure that that tenant leaves, Clear out. I am possessing it, but in the act of possessing it, I've got to dispossess. Yeah. They were given a promised land that was not empty. Mm. They were given a promised land that was mm. full of giants. Yeah. Because that's when the, they, they so sent the 12 they spies. Weren't, they weren't just going to fall into it. <laughs> no, the 10 spies came back and said, we can't do this. Yeah. They are well fortified. They have giants. We cannot take them. Mm. And it was only Joshua and Caleb said, hang on a sec, we've got God with us. God has said we can, therefore we can. But they were, that was what, so it wasn't the fact that, oh, um, Abraham's like, oh, okay, you're going to give me this land. It was the land that was owned and possessed by others. Mm. And Abraham's like, well, how am I going to get this land? It's all very well to be given a plot of land, but then yeah. you go and possess it. Can you, all right. Can you so, tell them that? Okay, Josh, I'll give you an example here. I want, I want you 
I'm going to give you a, a, an inheritance and a, and a piece of land, mm. and it's yours, all right? And it's the city of Moscow. Great. Okay, so I give it to you. I'm going it, to Russia. Well, it's in paper. It's on paper. Okay, that's pretty cool. Mm. But no, no, no. It's, if, you, if you're not going to live there, it's this paper. Mm. But I'm saying I want you to go there and make it your own. You are to make, set yourself up as the mayor of Moscow, mm. and you are to put in your <laughs> rules. Now, how many know that that goes from an exciting piece of paper to a frightening piece of paper? Mm. <laughs> well, he says, I'm taking you all with me. You know, Brooke says, I'm not frightened. I'm willing you know. to give it a go. <laughs> yeah, but do you understand the difference between given an inheritance that has someone already in there and the people in there are fierce yeah. and a formidable foe? And so God's like, hey, Josh, I've given you this land. Go and possess it. Mm. And you say... How can I possess it? You know what I mean? That's why you'll be like Abraham. How can I possess that? Yeah. You know, I, I can walk to it, but I can't possess it because mm. possessing it means dispossessing all the enemies in there. Mm. Our covenant is a covenant that comes with an inheritance. The inheritance is a possession of victory and life and freedom mm. in Jesus. Yeah, that's good. But there's enemies in that of the flesh and the devil's works and, and his what you know, the curse and all the things that have been working, mm. we've got to dispossess those. Yeah. But the covenant contains that thought. Okay, now we're ready to go back to um, to First Samuel, which is before we get to the scripture we're looking for. First Samuel seventeen, and um, it's the story of David and Goliath. And I'm not actually going to go through the story. Um, you can read this if you're not familiar with it. John, First Samuel seventeen. Amazing lessons here, but David goes, the armies have been um, standing up against the Philistines and they bring, um, their champion comes forward and issues a challenge. Hey, let's, let's not kill everybody. Let's do a one-on-one. -on -one. And whoever wins, you know, the person who comes up with that idea happens to be the one with the big giant. <laughs> you know, like a I've, got a, I've got a plan. You know, why, why don't we do a, a, a um, test to determine who wins? And the subject of the test is, and you just pick your favourite topic, you know, um, British history between the 3rd and 4th century BC. Yeah. Anyone who's like, there is no British history between those centuries. Yeah, it was a joke. But, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. East Berlin in the The 19th. joke wasn't funny, but it was educational. Yeah. My topic is East Berlin in the... <laughs> yeah. My topic is the East Berlin in the 1930s. Anyone knows history says, it's funny. Anyone doesn't know history goes, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so, um, so, um, Saul challenges David. says, you're not able to fight him. You're just not able. You're a young man. He's been a warrior since his youth. And, um, but David said, no, no, I can do it because I've learned how to, to flow in the, in the anointings of the spirit to overcome lions and mm -hmm. bears. And, um, and he says, I can do this. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And look, let's say how he describes them. This uncircumcised mm. Philistine will be like one of them. Mm. All right. David looked at this whole thing through the eyes of covenant. Yeah. This is how he viewed it's it. So good. It, was a, it was either I'm in covenant and he's not in covenant. He is throwing threats at us and to threaten us. He, he's, David's saying, when Goliath says, you guys can't do this. He is actually saying God can't do this mm. because you can't threaten a person in covenant without that 
going through to the person yeah. who they're in covenant with. That's good. So I, he can't say to the you can't say to the Israelites, "You're weak, you're hopeless, you will die," without it automatically going through to the covenant person, mm. and that's God in this case. And so we're basically saying to God, "You're too weak, you're going to die, you're hopeless." And God and David's like, "Ah, oh, who does he think he is? Because we we are the circumcised." And it's not like, oh, we have a mark on our body. They don't have a mark on the mm. body. You know, they've got a, they've, they don't have a tattoo. We've got a tattoo. You know, they, they, we, that's not what it's talking about. It's saying it's, I'm in covenant. Yeah. He's not in covenant with God. That's good. And, and therefore, he looked at that whole situation. He framed his worldview through the understanding of covenant. Mm. And so we need to, that's, that's why we do what we do. We've, we are learning to look at life. So when something happens, it says, and you know, just to you uncircumcised and just name it. Mm. You know, you uncircumcised lack, mm. you uncircumcised sickness, oh, really you good. uncircumcised strife, yeah. you uncircum. You know, you might not want to use that language out loud, but you know, because people might not understand. You know, when when your bank teller says, you know, listen, no, no, you just you just don't have the finances. You uncircumcised bank manager, and uh, <laughs> you're like, whoa, it's got personal. Um, I go a different path. So. Yeah. Um, no, but what you're saying is, no, no, no. This is, we, we, I'm looking at this through the eyes of covenant. All right. So where do we say we start? We're going to start in Galatians. This is not too bad. We Sometimes my starts way more than 20 minutes. In. Um, but Galatians chapter 3. And so the reason we are looking at all this and especially coming to understand the two covenants, um, we okay for those new to us because this that my diagram's just gone. Okay, we had this understanding. God made a covenant with Abraham, and He said, and, and Abraham, particularly Abraham's seed, and the Ab- and the and the he'd be blessed and be a blessing. That was, he spoke to Abraham. Mm. Um, and I just might make that a little bit lighter for everybody. That's the seed was speaking of Jesus. Jesus established this covenant and effected it on the cross. And when he said, this, this is my blood, this blood is the blood of the new covenant. Mm. This is that, that's in me mm. that I'm, I'm affecting. So that covenant that God was speaking in Abraham was here. God also spoke to this covenant a number of times. You know, He spoke to um, Jacob, um, and so I'm going backwards. You know, Isaac. Um, he spoke to them also of this covenant. Mm. He spoke to David about. He'd have always someone in his throne that would be ruling and reigning. Um, that was through Jesus, mm. the line of the tribe of Judah. He spoke it to Jeremiah when he said, "There's a new covenant coming that I'm going to. It's not. It's it's going to be written on a man's heart." Mm. So he spoke all these things to that covenant. Um, and so when Jesus came. He was not bringing a covenant that was like, I'm telling you about a covenant that you've never heard of before. Mm. He's actually said, no, I'm telling you of the covenant which has already been spoken of. Mm. Now, when God speaks something, it's not just for information. He is making vows and proclamations Mm, because that's how you you establish a Mm. covenant. 
But you've got this time frame from when Abraham received this to the point where Jesus is going to bring it into effect. Mm. And God said, I recognize that I've got to have something for this space. I'm putting something in place simply to cover this time till the new covenant comes. And if you like, you can also sort of see, like even if this goes back to in the Garden of Eden, when God spoke to Adam and Eve and he said, you know, um, uh, you know, you, you've, you know, you've given in to the devil and you've rebelled. Mm. But he said, I'm going to crush the enemy and he's going to bruise my heel, but I'm going to crush his head. Mm. Um, talking about the destruction of the flesh and things like that. Mm. So that is also like yeah. the start of the, the vow. I'm going to fix this. Yeah. I'm committing to fixing this. And so he's spoken this, but then he's made a covenant with Abraham. He's made a covenant. He'd made a covenant with Noah in the middle, but he made its covenant with um he renews that covenant with Jacob and uh, with Isaac and Jacob. He makes that covenant with David. He speaks to to, um, to um, Jeremiah. Now, so it comes here. But in the meantime, we've got this. What's happening here? What's what's this part here? And we know that as what's called the old covenant. Um, the Old Testament, we sort of, and the Old Testament really isn't, it, it contains the Old Covenant, mm. but the, you know, the Genesis through to the yeah. end, there's just the writings that contain it. But the Old Covenant is what's contained in it. And that was given to Moses. And it was 430 years later. I know that because Paul actually said 430 years later after Abraham, God gave it. So I'm not like real clever, I'm just, just learnt it. Um, Gave it to Moses, and they established this covenant. But like, like I said, it was amazing. David fought Goliath under the power mm. of that covenant. Yeah. So so wow, I'd like to get in on that. <laughs> I want the power of that. I want. And then we read like Deuteronomy twenty-eight. It says, "If you will fulfill all the requirements of this covenant." But then you'll be blessed going out, blessed coming in. You'll be blessed in the field. Mm. I want a piece of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, this covenant's got some amazing blessings. This covenant opened up for some amazing um, strength and victories. Mm. Who wouldn't want a piece of that? So when the new covenant comes, we say, well, I know where I know I know now we're over on this side, but you know, we we should maybe we should get a little bit of here. You know what I mean? And there's part of what's in there that actually um, appeals to me. Mm. I like some yeah. of how it sets itself up. If you will do this, then God will do that. You will be blessed. Ah, so, you know, and I feel a bit of self-worth. You know, it, it, there's a part where people think that what the message of Jesus is just takes away any, any sense of self-worth. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> that's... Exactly right. But it's like that's, that's a bit harsh. You know? mm. People need to feel mm. good about themselves. Well, you, it's not, this is not the way to do it. So there is a real um, danger of trying to bridge these two and live a little bit over here whilst trying to live in this side. And in the book of Galatians, it talks about them that they were in the inheritance in this part here but still acting and living as under there. Mm. And I want us to really understand what the old covenant is because there is a very real danger of always sliding back to that. Mm. 
it's, it's, it's there. It's a temptation to just go back to the old covenant way of doing things. And unless we understand how what the old covenant was created for, we understand its shortcomings, we understand its strengths, but it's also its shortcomings, there, we should say, there's no way I, I should, can go back to there. Yeah. And you can't actually mix the two. Mm. You can say, well, I can do a little bit of it. Maybe I'll just do 10% of the old covenant because that was you know, the, the part that this works here. But um, we discovered last week when we talked about um, when Paul used the illustration of the free woman and the, you know, the two sons and that they had Ishmael and Isaac and he said they cannot coexist. You had to separate them. Mm. These two must be seen and they must be, they must be separated. You cannot do this. Um, in fact, I, I think I've taken the Galatians, haven't read a scripture from there yet. But let's go to... Um, I think it's First Peter. Let me just check the reference for it. This is First um, Peter one eighteen. Let's just have a look at this. I hadn't seen this. I just got just saw this this morning. Um. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. Okay. You were not redeemed with perishable things. Things like you can make a sacrifice, you could give. That's not how you got your redemption. From your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers. What was this futile way of life he was talking about? What was this life that this was this useless? That would never work. It was futile. It was never going. It was never going to accomplish yeah. anything. It was inherited from your forefathers. He's talking about the old covenant, and he says it's a futile way of life. Yeah, that's not speaking very positively of it. <laughs> and um, he said, "But you weren't you weren't redeemed that way. But with but with the precious blood as of a lamb, the unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ." So the way Peter spoke about it was the futile way of life. Mm. It was just not going to work. It was never going to happen. And Paul echoes that a number of times that it's just, it's not it. This wasn't effective. So why would Paul say that? Why would he talk about that? And why would Peter speak about this? And um, we need to understand, whenever we talk about the Old Covenant, it was amazing, but it was futile. And you think, how could something so wonderful be so, so useless? Mm. The reason is that this was never, ever how God was going to deal and, and work with his people. This was always a holding pattern, holding on to the, the, the covenant that was given through to Abraham. It's going to be affected through Jesus and anything that was actually happening in here, he was doing on the basis of what Jesus was going to do. Mm. It was not because this was working. Because mm, that, that was always see you next year. Yeah, that was see you next year. It never's gonna, it's never going to make your sins cleansed. It was never going to deal with it. It could never. It's the blood of bull and goats, for, for heaven's sake. It's like, who would have, you know, oh, you know, the Jews like, the blood of bull and goats, that's what he gave us here. Yeah, Paul's like, well, think about it. It's never going to work. Mm. And um, there's a scripture here in... In the book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 19. So this is not the scripture I was taking you to, but it'll be good enough to get us there because we're actually in the book of Galatians. Um, 2.19. 
Now, this, this, this um, statement by itself is a little bit like, okay, this is one of the conceptual ones. Without the concept, it's a little bit hard. It says, through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. All right? Through the law, I died to the law that I might live to God. This is actually, I, this is actually my translation. Um, I've actually written in the margin. I've actually written, I'm going to start a Bible. Well, I've got one verse. All right? I might have, actually, I said, this is my translation. This is what Paul was saying. Through following and studying the law, I realized that I could actually not come to life and be alive by the law. Mm. It was actually as I dived into the law, I realized, I realized it doesn't help. Mm. It doesn't help. I realized the more he said, the more I studied it, the more I realized I'm in deep trouble. Mm. It's not designed to do this. I'm mm. in big trouble. And um, can I tell you one of the key scriptures and he shares this a little bit later, but um, um, it's in, you know, let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. You've got to see, this is where the law takes you. Now, what I'm saying, I'm saying this on, we're taking that time here. If you are ever tempted to lean back into the law, the Bible says, if you're going to go to the law, you've got to do it wholeheartedly. You cannot do a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, in fact, in, in Galatians. You've got to do the whole law. Yeah, well, it, it, actually, this is. This is not my teaching. I'm just stealing so much teaching from Paul. He's going, I'm going to be in big trouble when I get to heaven. Um, that um, verse, chapter 5, verse 3, I testify again to every man who receives circumcision. In other words, let's just get circumcised. How can that hurt? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just a little bit of the law. It's a really good part of the law. Circumcision means, you know, when the circumcised, then I can be like David. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? You know, now, if I'm not circumcised, it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this uncircumcised? Oh, I'm you, uncircumcised. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the law. I'm out of the covenant. I'm out of the blessing. I'm out of the, the strength. Mm. So I'll just get circumcised to show that I'm, I'm really in this thing. And so Paul's like, okay, so you just want to just get circumcised, but we're still living by grace. We've still got Jesus, but I just need to get circumcised to make sure I've ticked all the boxes because mm. it would be awful to be in Jesus and not have that side all settled because there's so much goodness there. And um, um, oh, I'm not going to read this scripture because we'll go too far. And you, and you might not believe the scriptures even in there. You have to go and search it out yourself, all right? When Moses was given the job to go back to Israel, remember he tried to deliver Israel, he killed a guy, and then it was found out, and so he fled. And he went off for years and years and years, and then he has an experience with the burning bush, and God's like, you must go back and deliver Israel. You've got to go back there and bring them out. So he goes to go back, but by this time he's married, and he's, got, he's married, a, a, I think, a Midianite woman, yep. and, so, and they've had a baby, all right? And um, he's, back, he's going back, and suddenly... He's confronted and he's going to be killed. And it's because, by, I think it's an angel, yeah. because his baby's not um, circumcised. Mm. And so Zephora grabs a knife, cuts the, the foreskin off the baby, throws it down to Moses and says, you're a husband of blood. You're just terrible. Here's the, you know, I'm, I'm guessing there'd been some tension about this thing. And he's like, well, have your circumcised child. You know, this is, and it's like, what is happening? But, you know, how could Moses, under the power and the blessing and the ability of the covenant, go back and deliver a people when his family were not in the covenant? Yeah, yeah. So you and your firstborn. Yeah, his, his own child was not circumcised. How could he go back? 
because the whole thing depended on um, covenant. Mm. And then the covenant was all wrapped around being circumcised. Now, this is the teaching the Israelites had, the Jews had. And so they come to Gentiles and say, listen, it's really great you're getting saved, but there's something that is really, really important. You need to be circumcised to make this work. Mm. All right? Because it's circumcised people that get the blessing. And, and, and so, they, it's, so it's a huge thing. Mm. And listen what Paul says in verse 3. I testify again to every man who receives circumcision. Now, it's not saying if you get circumcised. This is, it says the concept is who receives circumcision under the pressure of the teachers to be conforming to the law. Yeah. All right? If you give in to their pressure and get this circumcision, and you say, well, what harm could it have? You know what I mean? Like it's, just, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's obviously, you know, God told people to do it, so it can't mm. be that bad. And what harm is it going to do? What harms are going to do? It can only help. That's yeah. what, you know, the motor world can only help. Can only help. But it says, if you receive circumcision, that you, the person who's done that, he is under obligation to keep the whole law. That's the hard part. That's the, uh, that's the, the crux of it. If you say, well, I just do a little bit of the law, you are relying on the you law. Cannot, you cannot pick and choose. You cannot pick and choose. Then you are putting yourself under the law and you've got to work by the law. And Paul says, I've, have I got a scripture for you? So now we go to Deuteronomy 28. Um, and we, we all love, you know, how, many, how, many do, how many here do not love Deuteronomy 28? You know? And we used to sing it. How many remember the song? You know, there's a Deuteronomy. Anyway, it was like a... a a um, Calypso sort of song to Deuteronomy 28. We'd have Kenneth Copeland meetings, and that was the, the song of the times, Deuteronomy 28. We'd sing it. We'd love it. And, um, and, uh, and it says, if you diligently obey these things, be careful to obey them. Um, the Lord's going to set you high above all the nations of the earth. You're going to be blessed coming in. You're going to be blessed going out, blessed in the city. Bless, bless. I want this blessing. That's good. Um, most people read Deuteronomy 28 have never read Deuteronomy 27. Just putting it out there. Many people who know Deuteronomy 28 have never sung Deuteronomy 27. They never made a song about Deuteronomy 27. Why is that? Let's look back. And there's a, but there's a verse in Deuteronomy 27, which is one of Paul's key life verses. Mm. And Deuteronomy 27 um, is just, oh, it's just, I just want someone to write a song. Okay, um, because it's made, it's actually made, it's, it's, it's made to be declared and then have an echo. Mm. So, you know, like, um, do, do you remember, oh, we used to do songs in church. We don't do them anymore. You know, the men would do one part and the women, yeah. and the, now, now, only, now, now we only do it in Sunday school, you know, with the boys and the girls or, you know, uh, you know, do one half of the room, the other half of the room. But we used to do things in rounds. We had a, we'll we, we had a song which used to have three parts, and you'd have a third of the congregation singing one part, a third singing another, and all singing different parts at the same time. That's and it was, that was amazing. And, um, you know, we did it. We just don't do that anymore. We should bring it back. I don't, I don't know if you could do that today. <laughs> I don't know if a book might not be able to do it. So. It, was just, it was just wonderful. So anyway, Deuteronomy 27 is we, we could do this. We could have parts. We could have echoes. Yeah. We could have all. So, um, so verse 14, um, read it here. It says, the Levites shall then answer and then say to all the men of Israel with a loud voice. So the Levites being the priesthood will say this and all the people respond. Mm. It's going to be great. And he said, so what is this amazing song? Remember, this is leading into Deuteronomy 28. Mm. 
Okay, cursed is the man who makes an idol or a molten image and an abomination to the Lord, the work of the hands of the craftsman and sets it up in secret. And all the people shall answer and say, Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right, so cursed is everyone who makes an idol. Okay, well, I'm not going to make an idol, so I'm pretty good with that. Fair enough. Okay, it gets weird, people. Just don't give me, if you've got kids, volume down. Cursed is he who dishonors his father and mother. Oh, no, you can lift the volume up for that. They, want, they need to hear that one. And all the people say, amen. <laughs> so you've got to say amen. You're the people. Okay. <laughs> Cursed is he who moves his neighbor's boundary mark. Whoa, that's a bit dangerous. That means move the fences when they're asleep. So you've got more land and they don't know it. And all the people say, amen. Cursed is he who misleads a blind person on the road. That's really cruel. All the people shall say, amen. <laughs> Cursed is he who distorts the justice due to an alien. That's not an... That's not, it's from someone from outside of your country, orphan and widow. And all the people say, well, I'm good with this. Cursed is he who lies with his father's wife because he has uncovered his father's skirt. And all the people shall say, amen. Cursed is he who lies with any animal. (laughs) And all the people shall say, amen. Amen. This song's not going to cut it on a Sunday. Cursed is he who lies with his sister, the daughter of his father, or of his mother. All the people say, amen. amen. A lot of you are like, I'm not amening. This is sounding terrible. Cursed is he who lies with his mother-in-law. And all the people just say, amen. A lot of this, lot of this goes without saying, really. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why do we need to say this? Oh, Cursed is he who strikes his neighbor in secret. All the people say, amen. amen. Cursed is he who accepts a bribe to strike down an innocent person. And all the people say, amen. amen. Like, that's just, what is happening? But there's a lot of curses there, and there's not many blessings. So the ver- last verse, the last verse is life change of a Paul. When, you remember when it said, through the law, I came to die to the law. I think this is the verse he was, you know... He, Part of that. Mm. Cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. He who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them. And all the people will stand up and say, Amen. Okay, if you're going to take the law, this applies to you. If you do not do everything in it, you're cursed. Mm. Amen. Oh, no. <laughs> it becomes a bit tricky now, doesn't it? It does. If, so Paul said... The law, in its essence, said if you do not follow the whole of the law, Mm. you are cursed. So yes, you can do right things, but if you don't do everything right, Mm. and then you know, then you look back at some of the things, and it's, um, you know, like I'm not going to do some of those things. That's just weird. But you know, an idol. What about an idol in the heart? What about um, other things in the law, which talk? You know, um, okay, it says there, you shall not dishonor your mother or father. Okay, that's attitude as well as actions. Mm. You know, thinking, you know, having it. Um, that verse undoes everything. Mm. Verse 26 in, from Paul says, this is what undid me. This is what changed me. The law sits on this one truth. You've got to do it perfectly. Mm. And if you can't do it perfectly, you're in big trouble. They, people say, well, hang on a sec. How in the world then did David kill Goliath, how did they get the blessings, how did they, Joshua and Caleb, they they did okay. Well, because um, when David sinned, for instance, Psalm 51 has his cry of repentance, Mm. there was a sacrificial system in place Mm, that they could go and get their sins Mm. covered and cleansed. 
Um, but it was not actually removing their sin. It was just covering their yeah. sin. Why did that work? Because ultimately God could deal with them because he knew that it was really going to be mm. dealt with eventually. Yeah. But without Jesus, this thing does not work at all. Mm. All you do is leave everybody under a curse. Every, everything that happened, he was looking ahead to when Jesus would finish it, uh, pay for it, it, it's done, it is finished. Yeah, and it's not through the blood of bulls and goats because mm. they can't accomplish anything. This is a futile way of living, mm. Peter said. It's this never going to happen. It's never going to work. Yeah. Um, so but why have it? Because he says, I've got to put something in place. All right, so let's go back to Galatians. We're there, people. Why have it? Why put it in place? It's only taken us about 45 minutes. We'll get in there. Galatians chapter, um, well, let's go to chapter 3. Is there any other scriptures you want to go to before you? <laughs> Maybe. He says, don't tempt me. <laughs> I haven't actually read it yet, Josh. So. <laughs> Anybody got some interesting thoughts? All right. So... Um, Okay, let's let, let me. This is not the scripture I was going to, but it's in chapter three. So at least we're close. Three verse ten. This is where Paul comes to. Um, it says, "For as many are, as are of the works of the law are under a curse, because it's written." And this is the very scripture we just read. Mm. This is why Paul says, "This is the scripture that I've, I understand." Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. He said, he suddenly realized the law actually leaves you cursed. doesn't matter how well you behave because unless you do everything, you come under a curse. Mm. Oh, what a terrible place to be. But he says, and he said he suddenly realized God never ever brought someone into righteousness through the law in the sense that Abraham was declared to be righteous before the law was put into effect. Yeah, that's good. Before circumcision was even... A thing he'd already declared Abraham righteous. And he, and he now quotes from the book of Habakkuk. It says, um, um, oh, sorry, he quotes, um, the righteous man shall live by faith or come into life by faith. You, 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 he'll, um, um, that's from Habakkuk 2.4. Um, the righteous man shall live by faith. Now, sometimes when people see that scripture, um, because of the way our English and everything is, the man shall live means the way you go about your life. But I like to actually rephrase that, um, come to life Mm. or become alive. Um, The New Living Translation says it's through faith that a righteous person has life. Yeah. Okay. The righteous man shall have life by faith. It's not talking about you. You you, you do. You do live your Mm. life by faith, but it's, by faith, you come into life. You that's how you get it. it. And he said, that's written in the law. Mm. He says, the law tells me that. The law tells me that it's by faith. I understand this now and how it works by that. However, the law is not of faith because he said um, the law itself, the law says you get right by faith, but then the law says, but I'm not faith. Mm. So the law says, I'll tell you how to do it, but it ain't here. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here. He who practices them shall live by them. Mm. You've got to do them. 
Um, so, and then it goes, the most amazing revelation came to Paul. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Which curse was he talking about? He was particularly talking about the curse of Deuteronomy 27, that last verse that says, cursed is everyone who doesn't follow them. He says, that curse, that curse, having Jesus became a curse for us. Mm, that's good. So that's how we know that. That curse, the end of Deuteronomy 27, thank God I'm left in a curse, but he has taken it for me. All right? Um, okay, let's go to verse 17. What I'm saying is this. The law, which came 430 years later, hence 430 years, which um, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. In other words, the covenant was not dismantled when the new covenant, when the, what was, what we call the old covenant, was mm. actually a new covenant to the people. Mm. You know what I mean? There was the covenant made with Abraham, then the new covenant came along, which we now call the old covenant, the covenant which is the law, the covenant mm. of Moses, the Mosaic covenant. Yeah. You know, when that came along, that one just didn't disappear. It didn't get nullified. It was still established because mm. it vows had been made and the Lord had made it as an everlasting and eternal covenant with his people. So we've got to recognize that that covenant that God, the promises given to Abraham were never invalidated mm. by what happened mm. afterwards. That's they good. were always there. It's, um, you know, once you, once you make that declaration and it's set in place, it holds. Um, all right. So verse 18 for if the inheritance is based on law, which inheritance? We're now talking about the, the blessings that God spoke to Abraham, mm. that yeah. inheritance. If it's no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the law then? You know, if, if Abraham got the covenant by faith, why, why did he put the law into thing 430 years later? Well, it was added because of transgressions. In other words, our sinfulness required us to have something to mm. hold us. Having been ordained through angels by the angels, agency of a mediator until the seed should come to whom the promise had been made. Until Jesus comes, we need something in mm. place. Now, a mediator is not for one party, whereas God is only one. Is the law, verse 20 then, then contrary to the promises of God? Does the law contradict it? No, no, no. The law is not against what God has said. Mm. Um, it's not it's not an alternative system. God doesn't mm. say, listen, I gave a promise to Abraham and he got, but I'll give you another way of getting righteous. Okay. I'll give you another, I'll give yeah. you an alternative. You know, if, if this one's more to your liking, you know, we, we you know if, 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 listen, if the family car is not to your liking, we have the sports model over here with extra. Oh, I think I like that. You know, uh, we've got the SUV or we've got the off-road option. Well, which model do you like which suits you? He said, well, I'll give you an alternative. Mm. The law is not an alternative. He said, in fact, may it never be. For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on law. Mm. In other words, if there was ever, ever anything in the law that could actually bring you into yeah. that righteousness, it doesn't. It brings you into the curse. Mm. But the scripture has shut up all men under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. In other words, we just wait Jesus is going to be the fulfillment, and it's going to be by faith. That's why Abraham's our father. In um, in Romans, it talks it says our father yeah. Abraham because he's the he has 
He came into it by faith. That's the way we do it. Moses is not my father. Moses brought in the law, but Abraham is my father because I'm 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 of the you know that mm. that's his I'm of his model. Um, but before faith came, we were shut up in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by mm, faith. That's good. So it's there to hold our hand, guide us. To look to Jesus. Mm. In other words, the whole time it's saying, this is to prove that you can't live by it. Mm. <laughs> this is to tell you you actually need a savior. Yeah. This is to show that it never will work. People who then want to go back to it, what are you doing? Do you want to that's what if you've got to go back, you've got to go whole the whole hog. Um, in fact, you know, Paul sort of said, listen, you teachers of the law who are teaching people to get circumcised, in the book of Galatians, we want, he says, Why don't I tell you this? Um why don't you go the whole hog and cut yourself off completely from these people? He said, go and, go and circumcise yourself off this body because you're just, a, just, want you, just angry with these people. He says, just go the whole hog, cut yourself off 100%, not just the end bit, the whole thing. Cut all of you and get rid of you. <laughs> Paul's, Paul's you know, not messing around. He says, um, um, you, know, you know, you look at scriptures like Galatians 4.21, where Paul said, um, hey, tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? Mm. You know, hey, you, you, you say the law is so amazing, go back and study it carefully. It will tell you all this. Yeah. It's all in there. It's all hidden in there. So it's the, the design, it's to be a tutor. It's to lead us to Jesus. Um, so we got down to about oh, verse... Verse 24, is that right? It has become our tutor to lead us to Christ, that we may be justified by faith. But now, verse 25, but now that faith has come, now that it's come, we are no longer under a tutor. Mm. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Mm, that's good. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Christ. Therefore, there's now no Jew, no Greek, no slave nor free man. There's neither male nor female. We, we all have one access through Jesus. Mm. And that makes us all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's offspring. You're heirs according to the promise. Mm. We're offspring. We're children. We're part of the seed. He yeah. says, you're, you're, a, you're all sons of God through faith. Wow, we have an amazing relationship. Now, let's look at chapter 4. Paul says, but I want to point something out here. As long as the heir... Think of it. Now, now he says, I'm, he, he thinks about things. Like I've just used an illustration, but I, I want to think about this for a moment. As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's owner of everything. So just stop for a moment. Just stop about the concept of having a... Now, now the tutor is taken to be um, like a guardian. Mm. Okay, and actually in verse 2 it says, but he's under a guardian and a manager. Yeah. So you have to imagine... Someone who has an inheritance, but they, they can't yet reach the inheritance. They're mm. not old enough for the inheritance. They're not mature. There's something, there's a time, yep. and that time hasn't been reached. So you're a child. You've got an amazing inheritance. You've got billions of dollars. You've got a great empire at your command, but you're a child, and your whole inheritance has been held under guardianship. Mm. 
Paul says, think about that. So even though you're a, a, you're a, a child and an heir, according to Abraham, you're in, this me, in the min, middle part, and it's not your inheritance yet. Mm. You got it, yeah. but you can't activate it. Yeah. It's not, you're, you're still under it. And he said the guardianship and the, mon, and the tutor is the law. Because mm, like in those situations, like they're given a little bit just to cover the thing. Yeah. But it's like it's not, it's not the vast majority of it. So it's like the law is just covering that. Yeah. But it can't, um, it's not going to give you the, the kingdom. It's not going to give yeah. you all the money. Yeah, it, it, you, can't, you, can't go and, you can't go and spend it. You can't use it. Mm. It's, it's been monitored and, and given you in dribs and drabs mm. just to, you know, for you to get by at the moment. Um, and he's in, under this guardianship until the date set by the father. So also we, we were like children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. So he's brought us out of that place. Mm. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Mm. Now, anybody who wants to go back and have a little bit of the law, what's the rule? You can't go and have a little bit. Yeah. You've got to have the lot. Mm. There is no, I'll do a little bit of the law and a little bit of this. Yeah. If you go back to a little bit of the law, if you go back to the little bit of the law, what does your status become? You become a slave. Yeah. Everyone who works under the law is a slave mm. and your inheritance is not yours to, um, mm. to activate yeah. and to use. So people who want to go back to any type of lifestyle that says, I will earn my salvation, I will earn my mm. way into God's good books, I will earn my way into his approval, mm. you say, well, that lifestyle makes you come into it with a, you, you re relate to God as a slave. Mm. All right. Anybody who comes to God and says, look what I've done. I've been so good today. Look, I've kept all these commandments. You said to do this. And I, you know, I didn't do those last ones. I, I'm not being bad at all. But I didn't even have an idol in my heart. You know, the, the New Testament says the New Testament equivalent of idolatry is greed. Mm. Oh, wow. So I made sure I was not greedy today. So I gave um, three gifts to three needy people. Took note. One was at 10.17 a.m. when I saw that person who didn't have enough money for their train ticket and I gave them some money. And um, the person, person at work who did not have a drink, I gave them my spare water bottle. Uh, you'd be able to document all the, the things you do good, but what about all the things you don't do good? I was good. <laughs> I come to God and I'm telling him. I want, so I'm just saying I don't have greed, so I don't have idolatry. That's a tick. And I haven't done those other things, so I'm tick, 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 tick. I've been good today. Um, and God's like, oh, have you observed everything? Oh, that's where it falls apart. So we mm. can't go down that line. Yeah. That verse can't work out. Um, but I'm, I'm in that mode. I'm bringing, when, when we come to God like that, we actually approach God with a spirit of slavery. Yeah. Slavery. We actually have a heart of I'm a slave and mm. you're a, a cruel master and yeah. I am trying wow. to, you know, do the right things. I, I am, there's no relationship here. The whole reason, just think about this. What was God trying to do? He was trying, go back even to Eden. Go back and look at Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. Um, it's always 
really helpful just to stop and meditate on what was God's original plan mm. and original purpose. He created mankind yeah. and he said, I want you to... I want you to have dominion over this world. And he said, and, and there's a relationship there. And it says in the cool of the day, God would come walking and they'd mm. fellowship until Adam and Eve took things into their own hands and mm. broke it all. Yeah. It was an amazing situation. They were not slaves in that place. They weren't, yes, Lord, we're here. It, there was relationship. There was communion with God. A there was, friend of God. There, it was like rule this world and the animal's amazing. There's no death. It's just amazing. And then they broke it with rebellion. And so God's like, okay, I've got to fix this. So he has a plan to repair it. Mm. But it's not just repair the sin, it's repair the relationship. Yeah. And it's not just repair the relationship, it's repair the mission. Mm. It's repair the plan. That's good. So he says, it's an inheritance for you to use. And to work in. It's mm. the blessings. It's to bless all the nations. It's the purpose. He said, now I want you to join with me in the job of making this go as far as you can mm. and taking this everywhere. Uh, it's, 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 but what you've got to realize is that in this land, there is an enemy and there is a flesh. And he said, I need you both personally and for my sake to go and push that enemy out. So that's why when Jesus came to the world, um, let's just look at this. You know, let's. Um, I won't just quote this one. I'm going to actually get us to put our eyes on it. When Peter was describing what Jesus was doing on the earth, he said, "You know, Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what did he do? He went about doing good, healing everybody who was oppressed by the devil. Um, oppressed there literally means under the tyranny of. It's a word which means under the harsh lordship and rulership mm. of. They have a hard taskmaster. He said, I've come here to set people free from that. For God was with him. He said, that's why he came. And so he was setting people free from the bondages and the, and the trouble. That's God's plan. Mm. He says, I brought you into that. I brought you into this plan. And, and we, you're going to do it. And slaves don't do this. Sons do this. An inheritance is on you. It's for you to, to lay hold of this. And Paul is absolutely astounded and so upset when they say, yeah, but I think we ought to still, we've had some teachers yeah. tell us, I think we need to do some of this old stuff too because it's really important to get circumcised mm. and it's maybe important that we don't eat these foods. It's probably important that we don't do this. And, mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And Paul's like, what in the world are you doing? You are going back and you can't just go back a little bit. If you go back, you go the whole way. Yeah. And if you go the whole way, you come under a system where you are slaves and you are no longer able to get the spirit yeah. of sonship and the, and the Holy Spirit working in yeah. you, the Holy Spirit anointing you. See, that's how Jesus worked. Some, you know, there's some people think that Jesus did all his miracles on earth because he was Jesus. He didn't. He said he laid all that aside and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him and empowered him. And so after the Spirit of the Lord came on him with power, he went about doing the, the power mm. things and did all the miracles. When he was leaving in John 14, 15, 16, he said, it's good that I go yeah. because the Holy Spirit's then going to come to you. And this is the whole plan. The whole plan is that the Holy Spirit in us changes from the inside and, um, and do something which is amazing, which is circumcise us from our heart and circumcise us on the inside. Um, have I talked about circumcision here? Um, you know, I don't think I have. So let, let's let's take a moment here, because what they were being pressed on was was a, a circumcision. Mm. 
but what was this all about? What was this? What was the plan here? Actually, this is. Can we just pray for a little bit? I think there's God's working in people's hearts. This is God's plan to move people into His authority and to to live and to move with a greater level of authority. To see the world His sons. Hallelujah. I, I just want you right now to start look at your just stop and look at your life and say, God, your whole plan was for me to not live like a tutor, like a, a servant or like even a child under a, a um, governorship. But you actually wanted me to rise up and be mature and 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 take authority and use your authority and use your 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 um, power to operate in your name. To be taking this, this life in this kingdom, to be expanding it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see why in Do you see why in Matthew twenty eight, Jesus said, "All authority has been given to me." Mm. He said, "Now go yeah. into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Disciple the nations. Just get out there. Take this. This is no longer about." What was happening? This was all about you had to, we had to bring them in to the Israeli covenant to hold them. Mm. That's no longer the case now. Now we're under the blessing of Abraham, which is to bless all the nations. Mm. Yeah. This is to now go to the Gentiles. This is to go to them. And and so when the 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 false teachers are saying, no, 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 we need to go back, Paul says like you're trying to pack it all back and bring it under such oppression. He says, Why would we ever want to go back to that? You're bringing yourself back into a slavery. You're bringing yourself back into an attitude that serves God through the good, just trying to be good, mm. trying to be right. He says that's not how it is, it's worked. And you say, but where does that leave me and that fit me? You know, I'm, I'm still thinking, you know, Deuteronomy 27, if you don't follow everything, you're cursed. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. We are. We, we, are, we are tragic. We are, we are not mm. good. That's why it, this all was about one seed. Okay, with all the people that lived, it was actually always about one seed, Jesus. Mm. And in him, he would become our curse. He would deal with it. And by our faith in him, we would be brought into his righteousness and then also into his inheritance, the inheritance and the blessing and the provision that God has for us. Um, so let's just, let's just I, I might leave the circumcision thing. Let's just go to Galatians 4 again. Um, if it comes up another time, then I'll know it's okay, but not now. When you did not know God, you were slaves to those by which nature know gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how is it you want to turn back to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? How You just want to go back. This is terrible. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you. He says, I fear for you. Perhaps I've done all this for, over you in vain. He says, I beg of you, brethren, become as I am, because I've also become as you are. You have done me no wrong. I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to hurt you. But you know that it was because of a bodily illness or, or um, a weakness in the flesh. Something, something, something was causing him restriction and even brought him to that place that I preached the gospel to you the first time. I'm not, personally, I'm not convinced it was necessarily a bodily illness. That's the Greek word is a little bit more broad than that. 
but I can't say it wasn't. But Paul said, it wasn't, I, I was, when I came to you, I was, I was under pressure. It was not even my, I wasn't even trying to do that. God just brought it all about. Um, and it was that I preached the gospel to you the first time and that it was a trial to you in my bodily condition. I, you did not despise me or loathe me. You received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? And he said, we, were, we got on so well. Mm. When I shared this message with you, you took to it. Mm, yeah. I said, I bear witness that if you possibly would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me, we have a phrase, you would have cut your right arm off for me. Mm. In other words, I would have done anything for you. He says, I'm, you just were, um, you, just, you were just so open to me. Um, some people have said, oh, he must have had an eye condition because of that saying that. Not necessarily, you don't have to join those dots because it could just be a, a you know, you would have cut off your right arm, didn't mean I had a problem with my arm. Mm. It's just a, it can be a phrase. It means that you would have done everything for me. Have I therefore become your enemy by telling you the truth? They eagerly seek you. They, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out in order that you may seek them. But it is good always to be eager to sort in a commendable manner, and not only when I am present with you. My children with whom I again in labor until Christ is formed you, but I could wish to be present with you now to exchange my, to change my tone from my perplexed about you. I am just so, don't get what you are doing. I just, it, it, you um, and we need to keep that sort of mm. attitude towards when someone says, you know what we ought to do? We ought to live a way in a way that pleases God. Mm. And we do this little switch and we move into the arm of the flesh and we move yeah. into the, I can do this and we can make it happen. Mm. But then people hear that and say, oh, does that mean we, we don't want to please God? Don't, shouldn't we live in a way that, that pleases God? Mm -hmm. And what you've got to do, you've got to be really, really sensitive to listening to the motivation and the heart behind it, if there's any shift back to we can do this in a way that mm. will make, you know, tick the boxes. Yeah. Um, let's go back and, and, well, let's go back. Let's go forward to Ephesians chapter 2. You've you got to watch out for that because it, 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 it's for you to be able to say that I did that. Yeah. You know, I got this because I did that. It's like that's, that, that's good that, in a sense. That's nice. Yeah. But it... it you can never do it. <laughs> no, exactly. It, it's and and it's a really it's a really subtle sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, very. Um, you oh. know, I, I, I can be listen. I, I can be teaching the Bible, mm. and my motivation can be all yeah. over the place. And if I'm not careful, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this in order to get your um, accolades. Mm. I'm doing this to say, God, look, look, look. You know, look at the sacrifice I yeah. made. Look, look at how I've studied all work. I, you know, all these things, and I can actually just be feeding. Mm. And, and what I've done is I've slipped back in yeah. to that old covenant type of men mentality. Right. But it's not, it's like, it's not like, oh, I've gone back to the world and I'm in sin and I'm doing the wrong thing. It's just that I'm using the things of God out of my inward own mm. strength and my own ability because yeah. I'm trying to show God. And it and, 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 and it's that. like you say that it's it is a very subtle thing because like no no one's obviously saying oh I did this because like then you know aside from that you know it's also in pride but it's a subtle thing that's often not realized or recognized but yeah. you're operating out of that yeah yeah it, it's um we'll go back to Ephesians two in a moment we will get there let's just look at um James chapter four for a second because I think this sort of shows the subtleness of it. James 4, um, I think it's about 6 or 7. Um, 
Okay, let's read from verse 6. He gives greater grace. Therefore, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right? And pride is all intertwined with um, that the old covenant, the law. I did it. Mm. I did it my way. Yeah. I can do this. God, look at how good I am. But he gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Minded, you're double-minded. Um, that word double-minded, let's just have a look at it for a sec. Um, um, oh, let's see if I can. Sorry, I'm trying to bring up the um No, not doing it. I used to be able to draw on it. Mm. Something's happened to my the settings, I can't do it anymore. So um go back here. You just watch me wrestle with technology for a second. You'll get by. Okay. It's this is it, it I'll skip the actual Greek writing and go to the English writing under here. Um it's People say, oh, dip suckers. <laughs> no, no, it's die, D-I, and then P-S makes one word, like psychology. Sucus. Okay, so it's die sucus. Die means two. Um, you know, um, so, um, and sucus means the mind or the soul. Ah, Double-mindedness. Yeah. Double mindedness. So, um, so the definition is twice, uh, twice suke, twice the psyche, twice the soul, twice the mind, twice the way of thinking. Double-minded, doubtful. Mm -hmm. So if you if if you if you're caught between two things, you can be double-minded. You're, you're entertaining two thoughts. Two thoughts. Well, I'm not sure this one or this one. All right, but I want us to get beyond just the mind because the suke is not just the thinking, but it's the way of thinking. It's the whole soul. Mm. Um, having two souls now, I can two minds. I can get because, like, mm. I, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm between. What's two souls? Two souls means my affections are divided. Mm. The way I'm looking at things is divided. The way I want things to divided. And I have two things that that are sort of clashing. One is, yeah, I want to please God and I want to glorify God. Yeah. But the other side of me is not, not, not people think, oh, you're talking about the flesh. I just want to go do ugly things and, you know, kick my neighbor and, you know, steal from the, you know, the offering. Mm -hmm. no. Bad things. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the other one which says, I want to do things in a way that I get some of the credit. Yeah. I want to do it. I want, I want to do it so that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can say that you did it. I did it, you know, and and you know, and and, and I'm looking, and it's me, and I'm, I'm I want to, I'm just really, I don't want to come to God as this helpless nobody. I want to come to God and say, yeah. look, I'm bringing you something useful. Yeah. I'm useful in the kingdom. I'm helpful in the kingdom. Mm. I'm good in the kingdom. I don't want to come here with nothing. I want to come here with something. Um, and it's too sold. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, and and then it comes a wrestle with doing it God's way and and just getting in the arm of the flesh and trying to do it my own way. And it clashes. Mm. It's double. And God says, 
Um, when you come, cleanse your hands and get rid of that. See, that's why cleanse your heart from being double-minded. Mm. So it's a bit, you know, we say we, we wouldn't say cleanse our mind from the way I think, yeah. but it is cleanse your life from being in two camps. Yeah. The two camps are do it yourself or do it under God's grace mm. and help. Yeah. That is what we, we, the, the fight is, and that's mm. where... That's where you've got to watch and be careful of. That's what we get tempted to get drawn back into. Because you can be in the camp, but it can be very sort of easy and very subtle again, just to always be like the temptation to go back. Yeah, it, it is. It's just there. Yeah. All right. And it's not that. And and it's to to do things our own way and make things work our, in our own strength. Mm. Um, It'd be but, nice because if we could just go away, but but it's there. <laughs> Now, the problem is some people think that doing anything is the problem. Mm. Um, but if we go back to Ephesians 2, and we have this scripture that says, um, for by, verse 8, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. And verse 9, for not as a result of works, no works. That no one should boast. So that's the, that's that gives us the clue. If it's by our own works, we've got something to boast in. Mm. And I come to God and I'm like, I really nailed this today. You know, like, you know, that was pretty good teaching today, God. You must be, you must be. Now, no, you don't. We don't. We never say it because yeah. we're not that stupid. But we sort of got this little Daisuke thing happening in here. It's like, God's. God's probably high-fiving the angels and saying, look what my boy did today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was good. I, I, I just, God says, I just stood back and said, go for it. You're just doing amazing. Um, you know, that type of little mindset that this, you're doing life really good. You're really amazing. Um, you know, he's ticking all the boxes. He's just doing amazing. And it's like, oh, what, what, what's happening here um, is that it's a shift where, we're doing things, but it's coming out of our, our soul. Mm. Now, some people have taken this scripture not as a result of works that no one should both say, there is no place for any works in the body of Christ. Mm. And any time a Christian does anything, it's wrong. Mm. You can't get saved by any works. Um, that's not um, actually not what it means here. Um, I want us to go and look at a scripture in um, Romans 3.28. This is really, um, you've got to get your head around this if you're going to get your ba- with the thing with the law and everything sorted out. Um, let's just read verse 27. Where, where then is boasting? Okay, we're just talking about boasting. Mm. It's excluded by what, by what kind of, you know, um, we, we lose the right to boast yeah. by grace, Paul's saying. By what kind of law of works? No, but by a law of faith. It's by faith. The law, we, we, we lose our right to boast because we've come into faith. Mm. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from... Now, in the other one, it says apart from works, right? But here, here it says apart from works of the law, mm. all right? Um, so we know... Oh. That's not going to help. We know works are bad. We know faith is good. Is that right? Mm. Let's draw. 
Let's draw a nice big. Works are bad, faith is good. What do we know about works? We know that they lead, they give us an opportunity to boast. Mm -hmm. Okay, and faith is all based on the grace of God and what Jesus has done. Mm. Nice and clear and nice and simple. Some people have taken that, and that's from Ephesians, where it says, not by works, only by grace. Mm. Some people have taken that and said, therefore, any works are bad, because works are bad. Mm. So, um, and then they've had philosophical type discussions and thoughts. Okay, if I am in a if I'm in an ocean drowning, and someone throws me a life buoy, you know the um, or buoy as Americans, say. I always don't get that, but life buoy. We say we say buoy, b b u o y, but you actually say it like it's spelt buoy, buoy, buoy. That's what it actually says. Buoy, throw you one. Am I rescued? because of the person in the boat who's got the rope to me? Or am I saved because I put my arm through and held on? Mm. So we, do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, and, okay. <laughs> we know the answer, but what, what, yeah, well, what would you say? And so they're sort of saying, we can't, but if you say I'm saved because I put my arm mm. through, oh. ah, no, 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 because all works are wrong. Mm. And so what, when does it become a work? And so they, they sort of say anything you do is can't, you can't get saved. So salvation then becomes totally 100% God does it to you mm. and you don't do anything to get saved. Because if you did something to get saved, mm. then you're a part of the, um, yeah. the works and that doesn't work. So even things like, well, I confess. Oh, no, no, no. God saved you. you know, mm. It's not because of your, what you said. God saved you. It's not because of your actions. That's because they've taken this and they looked at Ephesians and they've understood works on one side, faith on the other. Mm. But hang on a sec, we might have misunderstood what those two sides are. Because if we look at, at Romans 3, was it? Yep. Let's go back to Romans 3, 28. Man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Hang on, so not just works... Now we've got a little of the law. It's defined the works. Mm. Sometimes when we say things, we don't use the whole phrase, but we know what we're meaning. Mm. All right? And, and we've said that. Um, an example would be, I'm going to the football on Sunday. No, I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to the football on Saturday night um, because, you know, I want to see my team play. What does the word football mean? Well, it, it de depends. If I was in Britain and I said that, soccer. I'd be saying I'm going to what we call soccer, but they don't call it soccer, they call it football. And if I, if, and if I was, had a friend up in Queensland, I'd have to ask, which football do you mean? Mm. He said, well, I'm going to the rugby. Mm. That's the only football, I'm going to the rugby. So the word football means different things in different contexts, but yeah. I don't always use, I don't say I am going to the football of the type played by the Australians known as Aussie rules on Saturday. I don't say all that. I just say yeah. going to the footy because you know what I'm meaning in that time. Um, so there's, um, there's a stack of times when Paul talks about works and, and faith, 
Um, let's look at 11, chapter 11, verse 6. And this would sort of confirm what that sort of thinking is. But if it is by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. All right, if you have works, grace is no longer grace. Reinforce that, that type yep. of thinking, that mindset. That's, that's really good. Um, Hebrews 4.10. For as the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works. Stopped his works. Okay. That's where we're in on the same boat then. Ephesians 2.9. We've already read that one. Mm -hmm. So that would be another one. Galatians 5.6. Now in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. But what does work is faith working through love. Mm. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. This word for work doesn't fit. Mm. If we're looking at this, so Galatians 5, 6, all those other scriptures that I said, you know, in, you can go back and get them. They all, they all fit on that mm. side. Where does Galatians 5, 6 fit? That's really on this side. Yeah. That's faith working. Um, what does it say? Through love. Wor working through love. What in the world is the word working doing on this side? That doesn't... We'll, that, have, we'll have to amend that. Yeah, we'll fix that. Um, let's look at... <laughs> someone got something wrong. Colossians 1.10. Um, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What's going on here? <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, hang on. I so said this is talking about good work, bearing good. Well, uh, uh, these are good works too. So, isn't is good works on this side, or is it on this side? It's um. Well, what's happening here? Works is now turning up in both sides. First mm. um, Corinthians three thirteen. We're taking time here because this is... Um, oh, this is good. Each man's work will become evident. Well, what are we talking about here? Um, this is talking... First um, Corinthians 3.12, If any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw... Now, this is talking about his life mm. in Christ. Yep. Each man's work will become evident, for the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Mm. If any man's work which he has built upon it remains, he shall receive a reward. If any man... Oh, hang on a sec. If, if any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is through fire. Um, what, what's happening? Paul says that there comes a judgment on the Christians, and effectively what God does... Uh, he says, I put a fire through it all, mm. a fire through your life. And then when the fire is finished, everything that's on this side will be gone. Mm. That's good. Won't, won't get any benefit. 
But everything that's done on this side remains. But do you see what remains? Some works. Mm. I thought works were bad. I thought if anyone does anything to boast, oh, hang on a second. So this kind of works is based around mm. the concept of boasting, yeah. which is concept of pride, which I, goes back to James chapter 4. God resists the proud mm. but gives grace to the humble. And he says, so you can't be too sold. You can't have a foot in this camp mm. and a foot in this camp. Mm. You've got to be fully engaged yeah. here and not allow any of those thoughts to, to come through to you. Um, I'll see if there's worth doing one more scripture. Because I think you're getting it. I think you're, you're understanding. No, we'll just leave it. There's, um, you, oh, we will do a couple more. Let's do it. Come on. 1 Corinthians 15.10. For by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's like Popeye, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me did not prove vain. God worked his grace in me. <laughs> but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Labored. Mm. So it's about works. What? He says, I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work, mm. Josh. But it wasn't me working. It was the grace of God in me. Mm. He said, the work I do here is the grace working through me. Mm, that's good. It's what God has done working through me, bringing fruit and an expression of yeah. that. That is the kind of work that we have. Um, okay, 1 Peter 1.17. I'm not actually sure. We'll just, just take a bit of a guess here because I've got it written down. I'm guessing it's good. And if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay upon earth. He's going to look at your works. Mm. Well, how can he look at our works and judge if all works are bad? What's he doing? He's saying, I'm looking to see yeah. which works are by this grace and which works are by under the law. So people who want to lean back into the law way of doing things you are just going all into the wrong direction. Be You're becoming daisuki. You're becoming that which God says, cleanse yourself. Get rid mm. of that. Get it out of your heart. You cannot have it in your heart. It's a, it's, it'll cause conflict. Yeah. It'll stop you. In fact, that same daisuki, if we go to, um, to James chapter 1, it says... Um, you know, know that your testing of faith produces endurance. Um, verse 5. If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will give to men generously. He'll give, he'll give you all the answers you need. You won't, you won't say, stop it. What are you doing here? Because you're your son. He said, walk up and say, I need help, and God will give you all the help you need. It will be given to you. But I just have this one but. This one requirement. Let him ask in faith without any doubting. Mm -hmm. Without in doubting, for the one who doubts like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, let not that man expect that he will receive anything of the Lord, for he's a double-minded man. That word is exactly the same. A daisuki. You're in two camps at the same time. When you come to God, don't say, God, I need your help, but I'm also working a side job. <laughs> 
in the law. I got the law working here and trying to make things happen, but I want your help, but I'm going to use it here. It just becomes a mess. It just goes, let that not man, you, 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 you break the system of how it's meant to work. Um, so, what, so there are works we can do. So let's go back to the man who's in the ocean mm -hmm. and he gets tossed a, a ring. I get the good news of salvation preached to me. What's my response? Can I do something? Can I do something? Am I going to, if I do something, ah, you're in the law, kick him out. Can I take hold of the life ring? Can I um, confess my, what happens is, this is the, the amazing, when I hear this, something goes into my heart. Faith is quickened in my heart. Mm. Something of the grace of God works in me. There's a way to be saved. And, the, and he says, now what you need to do is to confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, confess that Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. You need to engage with this. You need to embrace this. But I'm not doing it out of a sense of law or earning mm. it. I'm doing it out of a response to the grace yeah. of God. My works are a work of grace. And that is necessary. Mm. That is totally needed. So people, and I'll tell you, the, okay, so, so the first thing, that the first way this can get, get arid is that people say, hey, it's not up to us who gets saved. It's totally up to God. Because if it was up to us, then it's a work of the law mm. and then it doesn't work. So that it's all up to God. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a confused thing. No, we need, when the grace comes to us, we need to work that grace to activate it. Mm. All right, so the second thing is, doesn't matter what you do, because if you did anything, you'd be in the wrong camp. So just don't do anything for God. Just live your life as you want, because it doesn't matter what you do. There's no, your works aren't, are irrelevant. Your works are totally irrelevant. So, you know, go and live your life. Yeah. Go, go and enjoy your life because it doesn't really matter because works are irrelevant. And it's like, no, there is a whole life to be lived out of the expression of grace that's mm, worked in me. And I've got to live that out. Yeah. I've got to live that out. And if I don't, I'm just filling my life with all the wrong works. And when the, when the fire comes, I'll be left with nothing mm. to show. Um, but it's like some people say, oh, reward. I better work hard to get it. Well, work oh, work hard, but it'll be burnt up <laughs> if that's your attitude. I'm going to really make a – I'm going to show God and I'm going to work hard. Okay, go for it, but it gets burnt up. What we're not trying to do is work the work of um, our own flesh, something we can get to heaven and say, oh, pretty proud with my mm. achievements. You know, if you're standing in line in heaven waiting for your, um, it's called a Bema seat, you know, it, it's a, a seat of judgment. Um, if you're waiting for your turn at the Bema seat and the person next to you says, I got this covered, I think I'm going to do pretty well. Just think, oh, dear oh. God, he's headed for a fire <laughs> that's going to leave him with nothing. Should if I he, tell him? <laughs> yeah, should I tell him? No, I'll just be humble. and oh, Well, you know, I'm, you know, just, um, I can have a confidence, but not that type of, yeah. I'm, I'm doing well. I can say, God has done amazing things. Because, you know, that, do you remember what Paul said? You know, I've labored hard, mm. but not my, it's been in the grace that God has given me. I've worked that grace hard. Okay, it seems like an oxymoron. Mm. But um, I, 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 am, I am in a mode where I am trying to work my grace hard. Do you know what I mean? 
not in the arm of the flesh. Mm. If I get in the arm of the flesh, I find I get really antsy and I get angry when people don't give me the right amount of recognition or I, I get under pressure or like I, I get out of the, you know, I get flustered and mm. like, you know, it's like, God, I'm working hard. I'd appreciate some help here. You know, I, I can, I can still, you know, I can remember once when we were putting on a big meeting, this is about, you know, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, or something like that. We're, we're doing a big meeting and, you know, it's all for God. Do you know what I mean? We're doing a big meeting, but you're sort of under pressure. You've got to make it look good and all the rest. And, and I'm working and, and under pressure. And then the printer stops working. You know, printers, I think there's some printers that have got demons on them, you know, like because they just, they just they sit there and wait until you really need it and say, nope, not happening today. And you just do everything the same and it will not print and I've got time frame and I, and, and, and out of my heart, and I didn't say it, but out of my heart there was this thought, a little help here, God. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, could you at least take care of the printer? You know, considering all I'm doing, <laughs> maybe we could have the printer working. And it was like, I'm, 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 and you know what that is? That's a warning sign to me mm. that I've moved over. And I'm working this thing and I've got flesh involved. Mm. And, you know, that doesn't mean that printers won't, you know, doesn't mean if you get into the spirit, your printers will work every time. Um, Jesus, the most in the spirit person ever, the person who was totally had no problems, got into a boat that had a storm hit it that was going to sink the boat. Mm. Um, we are not guaranteed to be free from storms mm. just because we get it right. Mm. So, <clears throat> you know, we still got the enemy that's going to try and, and work. But I tell you what Jesus did get to is get up and rebuke the storm mm -hmm. and quiet in the storm. And um, what I wasn't able to do was actually move in faith because I was so much agitated in, in my works. Um, <coughs> so that was a, a warning sign to me. I've switched sides. I've got two souls working here. I've got two F and I'm trying to do this in my own flesh. Mm. I'm pushing their things and I'm angry. I want recognition, you know, all the danger signs. If you want, if you need recognition, watch out. Mm. If, because the works must boast. If you must slip your achievements into conversation, just, you know, as a side note, you know, I, I once said, just be aware, just be aware. If, you, if you've got to let people know what time you got up to pray, you know, if that's if you got up early. If not, then it's by grace, you know what I mean? We all live by grace and I can't... 2 p.m. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, so it's... but um. And I remember my mum telling me when she was in a meeting and this guy was talking about his experiences, you know, and he, you know, he was preaching and he said, you know, when I got up to pray at 5 a.m. this morning, and he just heard the Lord say, well, there's your reward. What's he saying? Well, you, you've, now you've, whatever, whatever they, whatever kudos they give you, that's your reward. You've lost the reward of heaven. <laughs> and he's like, oh, can I take it back? <laughs> but, you know. This, you know, I, I had to let people know. I could have said when I got up to pray or when I was praying, but I just had to let you know when I got up because that just helped you to realize what a, what a man of God you are, you know what I mean? Um, when people, now, I'm not saying you can't share experiences. I'm not saying it's, it's the hard attitude. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I do not want the next time a preacher gets up and says, I got up at 4 a.m. You know, Brother Jerry, I got woken up at 4 a.m. You are just in, you're going to burn up your testimony. You know? No, it's your hard attitude. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That guy, and I related to that guy because, yeah, I've slipped those things in because mm. I just wanted people to know and I needed people to know. Mm. And that gives me a sign that that's not really healthy. 
Um, I'm on the wrong side of the works. But there are works. Works are not wrong. So how do you know that they're good? They're works of grace. They're work, the works of grace. What God has done in you, outworking through you. Working through love. Yeah, the working through love. They will be filled. They'll be anointed and empowered by the Holy Spirit. They will operate uh, as you in your sonship, not out of your slavery. Mm. They will be you activating your inheritance, not you sitting under the law and mm. trying to earn That's and good. get anything good. And so we... Out, out of our, our walks with God, this is um, this covenant is this gets us to this place. I'm pointing here. No one can see what's on my, my to point up here. This <laughs> this is where the new covenant was bringing us. That's always the plan. It's what God designed from the start. It wasn't like oh I tried that it didn't work. I'll try this. It was it was always anybody who shifts back into the old one, you are doomed to failure. Mm. It is. It will not work. The um, the old covenant was um, was never going to work. It mm. was not designed to work. It was never designed. It told you in itself that it righteousness is through faith. That's what Paul said. I discovered in the law that it told me, don't look here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you're looking in there, there's a big note in the middle. Don't look here <laughs> if you want to get righteous. What? Well, where do I look? It says somewhere down there, I'm pointing you. I'll show you a shadow of what it looks like. Mm. I'll show you an image. It looks like it's a lamb and it's spotless and it's sacrificial. And um, that'll be all the, and you know, look down for the clues. Um, you'll be coming in. Um, even um, um, the, the tabernacle has all these clues about what's going to happen and what it looks like. You know, the tabernacle and the temple, both of them were filled with lots of fruit, pomegranates and grapes and uh, I think, you know, like mm -hmm. and images of, of fruit and yeah. fruitfulness. That was meant to, to remind you, hey, the Garden of Eden, you know, that God created, a very fruitful place. And when you come into the temple, I see that fruitfulness again. I see that fruitfulness yeah. when God's presence. But this is saying, hey, this is talking about there's a new heaven and a new earth coming, but not just beyond that, not just like, oh, in the future, there's a place where the kingdom of heaven is going to come and invade earth in Jesus. And we here on this earth and my life, you know, because you know, we're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right. So what adorns me? You know, you, you look at the temple. What, what, did, what images did they put there? And there was fruit everywhere. Mm. What adorns me? Fruit. Yeah. And it says, how do you That's know you're work? How do you know you're working in the kingdom of God? Well, you have fruit like love, joy, peace, patience. These are the fruits that we'll find. Abundance and 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 you're just like it's like you've become a little mini Garden of Eden right mm. here. So that was all my plan. The covenant was always that, but we need to lay hold of it um, in the sense of um, a son, and and laying hold of it with the Spirit coming into our hearts. Telling us to be son. I'm going to leave it there. Um, do we do we have any questions that anyone would like um, um, to ask and, and get that clarity on what we've been sharing? Um, anyone here that's live? Anyone here that's not live? That's a real problem. Um, anyone online or live? Any questions? Just you can think about those. Think about that if you just you know I've sort of dumped it on you. Um, oh, I wasn't thinking about being engaging. I was just listening. Um, so if you've got any questions, and oh, I know it takes a couple of minutes to... We should um, 
At the start, we should say that next time. Yeah, at the start. Just think, if you've got a question, write it down. And so at the end, you can say, oh, I meant to ask why, why that, um, how does that work? Um, what does it look like? Or, you know, how does it work with this? Um, and then if, if I can answer it, I will. Otherwise, I'll hand over to Josh. Um, I'll hand over to Brooke. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, um, yeah, the, the, the key takeaway from today, though, is do not try and mix, but move into the, this part. Because there is a works side of this, mm. and you've got to work the work, the right work, the godly work, the, the work of the covenant, the work of what God's doing. Um, it'll, it'll, um, it, it'll, it'll be effective. It'll make it work. I was just looking at something here, but I might just leave it. Um, okay, no questions. Always concerned that you say that and then, I, that, then something pops up. Not a question, but I just had a thought, just sort of a song that um, God had just reminded me of. And, and I guess the question could be, and I'll, I'll answer as well, but the question might be like, what can I do when I find myself leaning over to this side? Yeah. How can I, like, not just That's a good recognize, but what can I actually do to get back over here? And, um, and so, so if you're doing a work and maybe you start boasting and, and go, hold on a minute. I, I see I'm, I'm getting enjoyment out of this. I'm boasting in this. And it's, it's that, I don't know if it's the name of the song, but it's like, I will boast in Christ alone. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you recognize it, um, stop it and go yeah. and actually redirect, turn that. No, I will boast only in you, Christ, um, you know, in the, in the works of love, yeah. of what you have done for me. So if you're ever in a, a situation or a work or something, and you, and you can sense that, oh, I'm, I'm getting into this camp. You know, redirect that and go, no, I will boast in Christ alone. Yeah, yeah. that is really good. That's a um, great bit of, um, you've answered a good question. Um, yeah, just meditating and chewing on and that and, and redirecting your boasting. Like why, why you're actually doing it. Because like, well, hang on, am I doing it for my own um, kudos or am I actually doing this through love for God? Yeah, that, I, I'm... I'm actually curious now. I've never thought of that as a um, as a as, you know a concept there. But um, when it says, "Okay, not as a result of works that no one should boast," okay, I, I've probably been guilty of taking the same same thing to the word boasting as the word works. So we should never boast. Mm. Boasting is wrong mm. because. Boasting is in this scripture. The same as works are wrong. No, it's boasting that is connected to works is wrong, mm. but not boasting where we actually are talking about what Jesus has done mm. and his work of grace. And so, yeah, I would have I would have said boasting is wrong, just full exclamation mark. But now I think what you, from what you said, no, boasting about the work and the grace of Jesus, that's not wrong. And actually, it's possibly a good thing in the other side because it's actually, that's the result of the works results in my boasting. The works of grace result in boasting about God and, mm. and telling about how good God is and how yeah. good Jesus is. So, yeah. Um, what you heard today is we told you, become boastful. <laughs> that's a really good... Um, uh, that's a great... Yeah, so they're just saying, that's a great question, Josh. All right. Okay, well... Just want to bless you and um, say thank you so much. Share this with others if you um, want to get 
Um, find, you know, if this is your first time, you're saying, oh, there's a lot of stuff that you didn't cover here, just go back. It's all in our website, um, breakthrough.org.au. You can find everything you need there. Or you can go to our YouTube channel and um, under Academy, all the past messages are there as well. Um, but just trust, enjoy, re-listen to them, and most importantly, just live it out. Live out the covenant. You'd be like David and say, I'm looking at life through the lens of being in covenant with Jesus. And um, that's the, the awesome thing. God bless you. Bless you guys.